Hi, I'm David Green, and you're listening to the Digital HR Leaders Podcast. As HR professionals and leaders, we're always exploring ways we can add greater value and enhance our organizational impact. In order to do this, we must transition from being process-focused to becoming strategic partners. Recognizing the importance of embracing data and insights ownership, we acknowledge there's room for improvement by learning from other business areas, such as marketing's successful data-driven journey. What can we learn from marketing's journey? And how can we leverage those insights to boost our employee experience initiatives? To discuss this topic, I'm delighted to be joined by Kaz Hassan, Employee Experience Industry Lead at Unily, and Luke Ferruja, VP of Marketing at ScreenCloud. I'm particularly excited to have Kaz and Luke on the show, as together they bring a wealth of experience and knowledge in both the HR and marketing space. We will be discussing the importance of employee listening, innovative employee experience strategies from the marketing playbook, and the role of technology in enhancing employee engagement and communication. So if you're looking for ways to take your employee experience to the next level and drive real business impact, then this episode is for you. With that, let's dive into our conversation with Kaz Hassan and Luke Ferruja. Kaz, Luke, welcome to the show. I'm really excited to get into this conversation on the importance of digital experiences in improving employee engagement and retention. Uh, But before we dive in, could you both share a little bit about your professional background, your current role, uh, and maybe for a a bit of a unique twist to start, um, your favorite thing about working in the field of of HR? So, So Kaz, I'll come to you first. Yeah. So hi, everyone. My name is Kaz um, and I pretty much worked in the employee experience, employee engagement tech space my whole career, which is hopefully cooler than it sounds. <laughs> but um, I work for a company called Unily and we are an employee experience platform. I guess in traditional speak, people think of it as an intranet um, and then some, I guess. So we kind of work with enterprises, the likes of CVS Health, Shell, um, Wipro, EY, these sorts of companies to engage, inspire their their employees through communications as well as many other capabilities. I my role specifically is actually to lead our community and industry insights. People I guess I sometimes explain that as thought leadership. So I work on what is our position on things? How do we drive the product thought forward through thought leadership and can we work with influencers in the space like yourself as well to further what we do as a company? Great. Thanks, Kat. And your favourite thing about working in the field of HR? My favourite thing about working in the field of HR is probably around, you know, I'm in the community area. um, And so it's probably around looking at what's happening in external society trends around people, looking at what's happened on what's gathering momentum on big social media apps and in society and trying to understand what that might mean for people leaders. There's trends on workplace headlines that are hitting front page news every day and it never used to be like that and i quite like looking underneath those trends to understand okay is this going to change what that means for the workplace and the people leaders as well yeah very good good welcome to the show kaz and luke a welcome to the show as well can you share a little bit about yourself your background and your favorite thing about working uh, in in hr and employee experience yeah, sure. Absolutely. Thanks for the intro, uh, David. So yeah, I've been in marketing now for around 14 years. Um, moved into the tech industry around seven or so years ago, um, having started off my career in B2C. 
And if we fast forward to today, I've been leading the marketing function at ScreenCloud for about, uh, what, yeah, coming up two years. We're a digital signage platform. We've got over 10,000 customers that we help to get, essentially get the right information to, to the right people at the right time using the screens on, on workplace walls. We're especially focused on what we call the digitally detached, that probably more commonly known as frontline deskless workers. You know, these are the types of people that just don't have access to the same comms channels as, and information sources as desk-based workers like, like ourselves. Um, but I'm sure we'll touch on that a bit more detail later on in the conversation. Before joining ScreenCloud, I was leading the marketing team at TrueQ, um, which at the time was part of the same portfolio as OrgView, um, who I, I know you're, you're familiar with. Uh, and, and there we built a people analytics solution, which was powering, powered by our HR data warehouse uh, platform, uh, doing some really cool stuff with people analytics teams at the likes of BAT, um, Microsoft, and essentially helping HR leaders to solve some of their biggest problems using data, which I guess leads me on nicely to... to to why I, you know, why I enjoy working within the field of HR now. Um, other, you know, besides being a people person, um, so you know, innately invested in anything that that sort of seeks to improve people's well-being and experiences, both in and outside of work environment. Obviously, HR is all about creating those optimal employee experiences. Um, but the pandemic was a real eye-opener for me in terms of sort of my understanding of and my appreciation for how crucial HR really is and the people function are for, for sort of shaping the future of work. And as Kaz said, it's just a super exciting time to be involved as a vendor, as I have been for the last sort of five years, in providing a solution which enables people leaders to, to, to create that value for, for the business. Luke, given your background in marketing and given that marketing's already been on this, this data-driven journey, what lessons do you think that HR can take from marketing um, in, in its use of, of, of data and analytics? Well, yeah, I think you know everyone's aware that marketing has undergone a, a quite drastic transformation over the, probably over the last decade in particular, um, and especially over the last few years. Um, you know, we really had to pivot when you know the pandemic um, hit, um, and data was 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 really you know the the lifeblood of of keeping us afloat. But I'll just give a couple of examples because you know there's a lot. That, I think there's a lot that can be learned. But I think these 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 two examples would be most sort of valuable from an HR standpoint. So my first would be around sort of A-B testing and experimentation. You know, as I mentioned, since the pandemic, we've really had to sort of up our game, especially in terms of sort of our agility, you know, being able to test and react faster to buyer behaviors in order to sort of optimize our programs and, compa- and campaigns and ultimately deliver and prove ROI to the business. Uh, and in fact, any marketing team who isn't really adopting this culture of experimentation is, is likely to already be behind their competition. And I think the same will increasingly go for HR too. So... Let me explain that a little bit further in, in the context of HR. You know, we know there's a lot of challenges, you know, in terms of employee retention, engagement. Um, so it's really crucial that, you know, we're not waiting until it's too late to change the course of action, you know, and, and with an experimental approach, you'll be able to sort of monitor leading indicators and course correct before it's too late. And obviously by too late, I mean, you know, employees becoming disengaged, employees becoming a flight risk and leaving the business and obviously all of the the, the losses that come with, uh, with 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 low productivity and people being off off well and mental health issues being a, a byproduct of that. So you know, experiment with different recruiting strategy strategies, uh, training programs, employee engagement initiatives, and then you know, using that data to understand how they perform to then inform you know how to iterate and optimize your you know your strategies, programs, initiatives um, in relation to whatever the you know the key objectives are. And then I think 
the next one, which is the next tip, which which is very much linked to the first, is all about sort of measuring ROI, right? So, you know, I think having being able to uh, to to uh, to understand what the impact is um, across a whole range of leading indicators um, is super important, right? And and initially, you know, at the moment, we from a marketing perspective, you know, we, we're very focused on engagement, right? So we know that yes, maybe the end goal is is that our, you know we want our, our customer to buy or upsell, but ultimately, way before that happens, you know, it's it's all about engagement. So you know, make sure that. Like you, you're very focused on 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 a set of of leading indicators that allow you to track um, and, and measure at the right time. Um, so you know, here we're talking you know stuff around productivity, employee satisfaction, um, and ultimately you know an impact on on revenue to the business. If it, if we are thinking about you know the role that you know people have in 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 supporting those revenue generating activities. So in terms of harnessing employee listening to understand your your employee personas and, and preferred communication channels, so what are some of the innovative strategies you found in your research at Unily on the effective and maybe even non-traditional uh, employee listening strategies that HR can employ to listen to and engage with employees more effectively? Yeah, so um, when it comes to employee listening, I, I hopped on the trend of like looking at the ins and outs for 2024 and one of the things I put on my out list was the once a year employee engagement survey and thinking about that marketing mindset again, if you think about what are the companies that are having the biggest impact on customers and delighting them, they're the companies like Apple and Amazon, and they don't send you a once a year survey to ask you how they're doing. They map out the customer journey and they understand all these different touch points how did we do here? What was the packaging like? Did we make you happy? Was the product what you expected? But there are there are synergies there that people need to understand, which is understand specifically what's working, what's not working. And yes, the once a year survey is helpful to help you benchmark, are we going in the right direction year on year? But if you're thinking of the average employee and what's going to help them stay in the role, they are typically the little things that they want to see change quickly and implemented. And I think there's a really good example that um, I talk a lot about with my team, which is I got a bit obsessed with the Apple TV series, Ted Lasso. Um, and they basically bring this, they bring this American coach to coach a football team or, or soccer team. And he has no experience of football at all. But what he does do is he builds the team up from little suggestions, anonymous tips, things like fixing the shower, which aren't massive strategic changes, but they are the little listing activities that you listen to what the team want, what the people want, and you implement them and you show that you've done that. So on my in list to, to kind of contrast that is like more dynamic and varied types of listening. And yes, that's tip box suggestions and little ways to improve pulse surveys, things like that. Um, but also looking at more like non-traditional types. We've got some customers that have worked out that when they've got a younger generation workforce coming in, that they are quite opinionated and they don't want to sit at a desk and work on an Excel spreadsheet. They see it in efficient process. They want to speak and act on it very quickly. And so they've kind of built like this whole using the Unity platform, an ideation platform where any employee across the business can pick a business goal and say, hey, I've got this idea to help us meet this goal. And the executives can then look through all of those ideas to understand what's popular, what's not popular, what are the most popular ideas. People have conversations around them to then say, hey, actually, 
our staff really know how to help us meet our goals. And that's where the core listening is happening. Yeah, understanding the moments the moments that matter, I guess, Luke. Yeah, and, and you're only really able to achieve that if you're if you've got the right structure and framework and technologies to allow you to, to ultimately collect that data and use that data to inform, you know, to, to inform how and where things are working and, and, and they're not. Um so yeah, really really exciting time, but also it isn't something that you can just achieve overnight, right? It, it is a it is more of a, a marathon, not a sprint. This episode is brought to you by ScreenCloud, the digital signage platform that helps HR teams at over 10,000 organizations around the globe to elevate their digital employee experience with screens that communicate. Easy for IT to set up, easy for HR to use, and easy for employees to engage with. To learn how ScreenCloud can enable your organization to increase employee engagement, drive productivity, and improve compliance, visit ScreenCloud.com. That's S-C-R-E-E-N-C-L-O-U-D.com. So staying with you, Kaz, your research again at Unilever shows that despite retention being a worldwide issue, and we hear a lot about great resignations and the return of the great resignation and all these other almost marketing type uh, uh, slogans, if you ask me, uh, but many HEX and HR professionals are, are, are putting the, on the, their foot on the brakes on employer retention. Why do you think this is? So this was a really interesting bit of data that we found. So last year, if you look at all the trends data, a lot of people said, this is the year of retention over recruitment. We understand, you know, times are tough. We need to work on keeping our workforce. And so every year we do a bit of research and we do that research across employee experience leaders. So these are HR, internal comms and and kind of digital workplace leaders. Um, So there are some other types of stakeholders in there. And we asked them to basically rank their list of priorities for the year. Um, we almost didn't ask the question because we kind of thought we knew what would come out, <laughs> um, but we, we did in the end. And what was so interesting about that result is what came up second from top was recruitment. So recruitment still ranking really highly, but what was most surprising, what came up dead last, so seventh on the priority list was retention. And this just didn't make any sense to me. So I I then spent some time trying to work out from the data, why would this be the case? And my analysis of that, my hypothesis is that we have a tried and tested employee recruitment blueprint. We do not have a retention blueprint that we know works. And so it's, it's kind of sad because it kind of shows that like we're adopting like an out with the old in with the new approach to the workforce, which aside from going against everything we know drives high performing teams also just seems super illogical. Like we want to spend the time and money to get these people in, but then not to keep them. Um, and so what I take from that is we need to invest in understanding how do we how do we keep people in the business? How do we retain them? Um, it's more nuanced, of course, than recruitment because you know we've we've had that model for a while. We know how to do it well, so it might be harder, but we need to work at it. 
Yeah, and and actually, I, I, that quite surprises me as well. It's almost counterintuitive, yeah. really, when we think yeah. about how hard it is to find and and attract and recruit the right people into the organisation and spend quite a lot of money onboarding people and, and getting them to be productive. Um, you know, and and if we think that we, particularly if we look in countries like the UK, you know, the supply of talent is 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 shrinking because of uh, demographics around things like age and, and and everything else. So you would think, and certainly again, anecdotally from the companies we talk to, retention is is very high on on the agenda. And we think about things like you know internal mobility. We think about more listening to engage and make sure that we're engaging people in the right way, understanding the moments that matter, looking at personas, as you said, just as we do with with customer uh, engagement as well. So so why do you think that that that, that came in that survey? You, you, you've obviously you had some hypotheses and, um, and then maybe broadening that a little bit, Kaz, and, and thinking about your experience in the EX space and, and the research that you've been doing, obviously, on a regular basis. What would you say HR need to focus on to enhance employee engagement and improve retention? Yeah, so um, I, I said just then, I think like it's about trying to understand the retention blueprint. I think one of the things that we need to be aware of there is that recruitment kind of sits in a mature domain and clearly with people. Retention is much more nuanced and there are people that we have to bring together around certain journeys, around certain from different parts of the organization, like internal communications, for example, a, a classic stakeholder that kind of needs to be brought into the loop on like building out that blueprint. Um, but I then, so after I got that result, I then started looking at other bits of research and also looking at the customer retention blueprint, looking at where, how people are retaining customers, how they're delivering best in class customer experience, and then trying to kind of map that along to employee experience. And the, the first big thing that came up was listening led. And I, I know we've touched on that a little bit, um, but it was just around exactly what we discussed, more dynamic and varied types of listening. Um, the next thing that came out was, um, I guess I would call it, and it links to that whole persona conversation is, okay, you've got those personas. What do you now do with them? Well, you have to make sure that you target effectively um, and you allow, and and this is interesting, when you allow employees to take control of their experience a little bit. Um, So the targeting is stop using the everyone audience for your comms and your activities and engagements. There's a lot of noise in the workplace. It's about mapping out all those target audiences, ensuring that all the content, communications, engagement efforts that you have are targeted and relevant to the right people at the right time. Um, so that's a big part of it. Um, the personalization part is really interesting because what we see is a kind of like Netflix type experience. Like every person that logs into Netflix sees something different because it knows who they are, where they are. You see your top 10 in your area. You, you know what genres they like. And so you kind of got this like, fingerprint of an experience that is is built to engage me as an individual and then those employees are using Netflix and they come into the workplace and you get these kind of one-to-many experiences and so it's bringing these two things together pointing the right comms right engagement efforts at the right people but also let people control their what content they're interested in um, what notifications they want through what channels as well um, like 
when the, when do they turn them off? Are they a mobile user? Do they want to get more through their mobile? Um, do they like things in their email? I certainly don't. <laughs> um, but some people are, are real still wedded to email. So like let people control their experience a little bit. There is one more thing um, as well that I wanted to bring up. So there's the listening led part of the customer experience that, that um, does really well. The kind of targeting and personalization element of it. Um, but the third one is is very digital. And this for me is probably the one that got me most excited, which is um, if you look at in the last year, last two years, what are the directions that the big tech companies are going in with consumers? And they're going in um, what I would call like a super app direction. Um, meaning over a period of time, we've added so many different applications on our phone. Um, Meta has like Instagram, all these different things. Um, Uber, for example, started off as a taxi app, but is about um, now you can get your your train, your plane, your food on it. It's about trying to, yes, we may have a hundred different apps going on in the background doing really complex, powerful things, but the user, the employee needs to have one simple user experience that pulls all of those apps together in, in one one app. So those are the three things I think that can be added to the blueprint, the retention blueprint that I think will help. Now, that's really interesting. I, I love the way, again, you sort of bring in some of those lessons that we can learn from what's happening on the on the customer experience side and particularly on the use of technology. And and Luke, that seems like a good point to turn to, turn to you, actually. Um, obviously, coming to you as the digital experience expert here. It'd be good to hear your thoughts on how HR and employee experience leaders can enhance the digital experience. A little bit, you know, expanding on what what Kaz has just said there. You know, what what strategies can HR employ to, to supercharge their digital EX initiatives? Yeah, sure. I mean, Kaz has touched a little bit on what I was gonna I was gonna start off with in terms of, you know, basically the marketing one one lesson, right? Um, before you you start throwing. Uh, any type of resource and and, and investment at, at new technologies, you really have to understand your audience, right? Like what your employees require, what they desire in order for them to be engaged and productive and, and as compliant as possible in the workplace. So I, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to be sort of segmenting your workforce um, into cohorts. And then obviously you're going to have sort of personas within that you can't be as granular as maybe we are in marketing, but you definitely can still sort of look at them as 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 sort of cohorts, and then and then and then varying personas within that. Um, and I think this is especially crucial when you're talking about frontline as well, because I think historically what's happened is that there's been a lot of just um, in uh, imposing the same approach to to frontline workers, and as I mentioned earlier, what we what we cast as as digitally detached workers, as information workers, who are two completely different groups in terms of their, um, obviously the workplace, um, the workplace environment, and the, the nature of the work, and the, the way that they can actually access um, and, and use information, and what, what information they actually need to be more engaged and to be more productive. So that that really is is is, is super important. And, and if we are thinking more about you know frontline um, as as an example here, you know we know that there's that that shift in the workforce from sort of older generations now to sort of millennials and in particular Gen Z who are expecting a digital first experience, and yet we see 
you know, even in some of our customers, right? When you go to these huge warehouses and factories, they're still using notice boards to communicate vital information, to share information about new job opportunities, learning and development paths. And really, you know, there's there, there are there there's been this approach to 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 using unconventional communication channels to create an experience which isn't optimal for an audience that actually can't access those types of of technologies and channels during their day-to-day work. So I think, yeah, as I said, I, I can't emphasize enough how important it is by starting with what is having the employee right at the center of your strategy and of your, you know, your multi-channel experience plan and then building out, building out from there. So Luke, maybe explain a little bit about what you're doing at, at Screen Cloud, I think, because I think it'll be helpful for listeners. But Framing that in in the sort of sense of you know how can organisations effectively use a, a tool like Screen Cloud, um, you know, digital signage to improve employee engagement uh, and communication flow. I think really, yeah, really, I think we it starts with the science, right? So first of all, we have to understand what is it that create what is it that engages employees, right? Um, so. It's driven by two innate human needs, really, and desires. First of all, it's, it's the connection to, to purpose, and then it's the connection to each other. I think it was a 2021 McKinsey article that I read recently on how to help your employees find purpose um, or watch them leave. Um, so, you know, pretty upfront about it. And it was, it was all about sort of defining their individual sense of purpose by their work. So, you know, in order to regain the trust and engagement, it's so crucial for organizations to help employees understand why their work matters, not only to the company, but, but to the world. And this is only going to increase in importance as Gen Z enter the workplace. And then there's a the connection to each other. So again, sort of referencing a recent report, this one was by sort of HubSpot. I think it's a, the hybrid work report. And it found that most workers actually value good relationships with their colleagues more than a 10% pay rise, which I was... was um, pleasantly surprised about and now we so so we know the hybrid and remote work makes real connection challenging and, and we also know that you know frontline workers feel extremely disconnected from their information work counterparts you know the frontline connection gap it really is a thing so if you think where does that leave us you know communication is more important than ever and obviously it's got to be effective communication so to do that you have to again understand the neuroscience first so what type of medium is going to be optimal for the type of information and the audience that I'm sharing it with? So from a digital science perspective, you know, we large you know, screens, the screens on our walls, um, you know, big billboards in Times Square. These, these mediums have a much higher recall rate than say your phone, an app on your phone, or even the screen, you know, the laptop screen that I'm looking at now. So if there is a type of information that you would you would like you need someone to be able to subliminally um, consume and recall, then digital signage is much more of an optimal uh, medium than say an app or a, a, a laptop. So first of all, it's understanding the, the neuroscience behind those different communication mediums to then inform your sort of channel mix around. Okay, well, how am I going to take an omni-channel approach to to my common strategy where I'm using the optimal channel for the, the audience that I'm looking to target with the information that they need and they want. And then it's looking at the the behavioral science. So, you know, you cannot just put a screen up on the wall and start fire hosing information through it and expect that you're going to have the desired impact that we know screens can have. You really have to understand the behavioral science. And we actually did some research with 
um, the Behavioural Science Unit at the University of Durham, beginning of last year, um, where we explored the use, the understanding of behavioural in, um, behavior science insights to inform uh, messaging through screens. And, you know, an example might be the nudge, the nudge theory, right, where you're using more uh, emotive um, relationships to nudge behaviours with people in a way that is not intrusive or imposing, but it happens sort of over a, over a more of a prolonged period of time. And obviously, screens are great for that, right? In in um, in contrast to say, you know, sending an email with you know with a large document on, or or even just um, hammering push notifications via an app. And you know, where it works best is where you have an integrated solution. So, you know, we integrate, we've got an integration with Unily, which um, we're very excited about sort of building out. Um, we've got integrations with 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 Microsoft Teams, Slack. So creating an eco, it's, it's really about that ecosystem of communication apps and being able to surface the information via a screen in the right environment at the right time that digital signage lends itself to. It's in particular in the context of, of a frontline worker environment um, that we're really seeing sort of, you know, take take a, a lead in, in, in those sort of deskless workplace environments. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. If you are looking to continue your learning journey, head over to myhrfuture.com and take a look at the My HR Future Academy. It is a learning experience platform supporting HR professionals to become more data-driven, more business-focused, and more experience-led. By taking our short assessment, you will see how you stack up against the HR skills of the future. Then, our recommended learning journeys guide you every step of the way, helping you to close your skills gap, deepen your knowledge, and press play on your career. Where do you feel HR professionals need to upskill themselves to, to manage this transition effectively? And Kaz, I'll come to you first, and then Luke, you can uh, you can chip in as well. Yeah. So um, what 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 I would say is the data. I'll probably be a little bit controversial on this. The data is really important, um, but it's like how are we how are we translating that information, that data that we have into understanding our employees? And I know we've touched on in, like the journeys, the personas. But where I've seen some people create personas and I've then looked back at them, they look like they've been chat GPT generated. Their ideas of employees that, yes, okay, they start at this time and finish at that time, but does it really represent who that employee is? Like the marketing personas, they understand what gets someone out of bed in the morning, when they get out of bed, what time they go to bed, what what goes on around the, the interactions that they have in the day what their personality types are, what's the lens that they see the world through, what's their perspective. And so um, the skill I would say is work out how that data maps onto understanding your employees. So it's not just about, it's it's not just about creating these 2D chat GPT generated employees, like we've got personas. It's does this actually represent a modern employee, understand their priorities, their personality type, um, that sort of thing, so that we know how to engage them. Because again, the, the value of those personas is understanding what makes them tick. And if your persona, if you've got a journey for your persona, it starts at nine and it finishes at five, that's that's not representative of that person. So 
basically take time to understand people, uh, understand the different personas, maybe test a little bit. Yeah, I would say maybe when it comes also like, the, I guess the next step of that is once you've built out those personas is to then uh, like look at customer journey mapping and, and try and look at, try and take from that customer journey mapping, what's our kind of employee journey mapping, work out the friction points and where you can implement technology or where you can implement communications or where you can have manual interventions to help that journey be drive the action that you want. But it's, yeah, it's, it's not just about persona done tick. Yes, we've created a, a average day in the life tick. It's this represents the sort of person, th- this represents the type of employees that we have. These are the journeys that they're going on. These are the pain points, the, the, the points of digital friction or whatever it may be that we can then intervene in to then help the experience and help the employee do what they need to do and do their job. <laughs> no, no, really good. And Luke, would you add, a, add anything to that? Yeah, I think, I think it's really important to not get too fixated on the technology. I think HR has gone through arguably one of the quickest transformations um, that we've seen. Obviously, since the onset of the pandemic, that really accelerated things. And I think there's been a lot of technology that's been thrown at, well, a lot more towards, uh, towards information workers. But that we know we're seeing you know, issues around digital friction and um, reciprocity debt when it comes to the, the overwhelming amount of technology that, that, that we have at our fingertips. Now, I think on average, information workers have six communications, workplace communication apps that we're having to sort of balance at the same time. So I think, you know, taking a step back and, and, and as Kaz said, yeah, understanding your audience and then obviously understanding what is the objective of this communication that I'm looking, you know, I'm looking to, 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 to push to this audience. And, and if, and if it's not actually something that's going to be valuable and beneficial to them, then just don't do it. Right. So, you know, have those conversations and learn from your peers in a way that will hopefully give you some, some more ideas how you can maybe apply some of that learning in the context of, you know, your role with, with owning, you know, your, your employee audience. What are the key takeaways you'd like for our listeners to take home from, from our discussion today? Yeah, I'd, I'd say for me, the what we call if people took away from it is that understand that the things that are engaging, activating employees are ultimately the things that are engaging and igniting them in their personal lives and understand that you are also, as, a, as an employee, you're a person, maybe under, look at what is what is igniting you, what are you engaging with um, and work out that there isn't this like magical divide that when someone comes into the workplace that everything changes, whether that's the tech, whether that's the content and comms, whether that's the processes and things like that. It's, it's not a, it's like, a, it's not like a clear line. So I would say, um, I hope that they've taken away that there are some really cool, exciting concepts that come from marketing, that come from consumer experience, that sort of thing that, that can be applied to your roles in HR too. Yeah, very good. And Luke, what would uh, be the key takeaways uh, that you'd like to uh, listeners to take away with them? Sure. So I think the first one would be you've got to be focused on an omni-channel, not a multi-channel digital experience, right? So creating that omni-channel experience for your workforce, you know, by doing so, you'll you know, allow your employees to have their preferred place to consume and engage with the information they want and need. And we know that in turn, this will help you know reduce digital friction, reciprocity debt for your information workers. 
but also help close that frontline gap, which is a real issue and challenge at the moment. Um, you know, giving more optimal channels for that crucial subset of the workforce to access the information they're currently unable to access. And the second takeaway, which is um, going to be a, a bit of a uh, a promo for, for ScreenCloud, actually, and something I wish I, I wish I mentioned earlier, I meant to mention earlier. We were just about to publish a really interesting piece of research that we commissioned with Google Chrome OS, who we're a partner with, um, where we uh, researched 2,400 respondents, 1,200 decision makers, 1,200 frontline employees across manufacturing, logistics, supply chain, and construction um, in the US and UK territories. And this research found that three in five um, frontline workers believe that the information that is shared on their workplace screens helps them to become more engaged with the with the wider business. Um, so that was sixty one percent. Fifty nine percent think that that they become more productive, and sixty two percent say they become more data literate. Um, and that so that research really signifies the immense impact that access to the to information has on workplace engagement and productivity. So you know, have you know, get a better understanding, as I say, of the neuroscience and the behavioral science that underpins. The, the the communication mediums and channels that 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 you're using. Great. Well, thanks for sharing that that research, Luke. You know, we can certainly put the the link to that in the in the show notes for for listeners who who want to dig in a little bit further. So so now finally to the the question of the series. Um, so this is one that we're asking everyone uh, in this series, which uh, ScreenCloud are kindly uh, sponsoring. So Kaz, starting with you, how will AI transform the role of HR? What I'd say looking at it from the HR lens is it's not just AI for the sake of AI. Have a look at what are the what are the genuine gaps that we have um, and how can it help us? So I, for me, I would say, look at how it can help us create content. If there's a bit of a content deficit, how can it help us target that stuff? You know, we've created those cool personas. Can it help us uh, personalize that and make it more relevant to people? Um, that's what I would say. I'd say also... Um, Generally speaking, like have, when you've created that content, you've made it more relevant. Can it help with things like accessibility as well? Looking at all the things like, have we been transcribing our videos so that people can like follow them or, or podcasts or things like that, whatever it may be. So for me, it would be like, look at where there are gaps and can we use AI to create more, better, relevant content that's more accessible to, to people across the organization so that we get to do the more people um, side of the function. No, very good. And and Luke, same question. How will AI transform the role of HR? Cool. So yeah, I think I mean I think I'll stay on the same theme of of sort of improving that employee experience for this question. And I think AI is going to be instrumental in you know in helping to to personalize the the digital employee experience and ultimately sort of drive that engagement. I think a real use case is, is using AI to, to analyze the data, you know, employee behavior data, employee sentiment and feedback, and then, you know, identify those patterns that will be in, be leading indicators of engagement levels, et cetera. And then, you know, use those insights to proactively address any issues and, you know, to tailor your strategies to individual needs to ultimately prevent, you know, disengagement and, and employee turnover. You know, some great thoughts from from both of you there. So, last thing for me to say is thank you, Luke. Thank you, Kaz, for for being guests on the Digital HR Leaders podcast. So, Luke, maybe starting with you this time. Can you let listeners know how they can get in touch with you on social media, find out more about ScreenCloud? 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, obviously, you know, search my name and you'll, you'll, you'll find me on LinkedIn, uh, screencloud.com to, to learn more about how digital signers can help, you know, you create a more engaged, productive and compliant workforce. And as you said, David, I'll, I'll kindly share that research that we're publishing um, week after next with you so that your listeners can also get their hands on that as well. Great. And uh, Kaz, thank, thank you very much as well. How can listeners stay in touch with you? Maybe find out more about the research that you're doing uh, and also find out about Unily as well. Of course, yeah. And thanks for having me, David. So um, I'm quite prolific on LinkedIn. So I post a lot of, uh, I do a lot of trends and predictions um, and I also post the odd controversial opinion. So if that's your thing um, at Kaz Hassan, I also have a YouTube channel. I'm a very video medium person. So if anyone's interested in seeing like explainers of um, in, like our employee retention report, for example, I, d- I do my kind of three takeaways from that. Um, and yeah, on unity.com, we've got that full employee retention report with all the data, what employee experience leaders are prioritizing, um, looking deeper at the digital super apps concept as well. So on unity.com, as well as at Kaz Hassan on the main socials. <laughs> That's great. And we'll put links to, to your social profiles um, in the show notes as well. So Kaz, Luke, thank you very much for being guests on the Digital HR Leaders podcast today. Enjoy the rest of your days and uh, we'll speak soon. Brilliant. Thanks, David. Thanks. That's all for this week's episode. Thank you for listening and thanks too to Kaz and Luke for sharing their ideas and research on the intersection between customer and employee experience. If you did enjoy this episode, be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating on your favourite podcasting platform so that we can keep producing the show. For more from us at Insight 222, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and you can sign up for our weekly newsletter by going to myhrfuture.com. That's all for now. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. Until then, take care and stay well.